0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Glory,
0: glory
2: Hello, uh, wherever you are around the world, welcome to this week's edition of the Spurs Show. Thank you so much for joining us, wherever you are uh we're not trivializing the awful situation the world is going through at the moment we thought some sort of normality comfort in hearing three middle-aged men moan about their football team so please welcome tonight two regulars of the show first of all a man if you get our patreon uh spurs flick stuff done some wonderful documentaries on spurs on record please welcome the voice of white Hart lane mr willie morgan
1: Well, thank you very much. And I'm honoured to be called a a middle-aged man um, (laughs) because I think think middle-aged, it does me me good. I think I'm probably a bit beyond that now.
2: Fair enough. And also joining us, another record of the show, uh, a man that, that, for those of you that sort of know the history of Tottenham, this man was really part of the sort of back-on-the-shelf campaign uh, a long, long time ago. And I know tonight he's got a few things to say about the present regime. Please welcome Rick Mason.
0: Hi everyone. Uh, yes, I'm. I am a middle-aged man and uh, and grumpier than ever. <laughs>
2: and how, firstly, how, how are you both uh, bearing up with the um, self-isolation, Willie? How are you? Um, There's actually
1: no problem at all because, um, given, I, I suppose most listeners know that. Firstly, uh, uh, since I had a stroke, it was eight years ago or nine years ago, and now um, my my sight has diminished. And I'm not as able as I was. So I actually don't go out very much. I spend no. most of my time right here in this very uh, comfortable studio I've got at home yeah. uh, where I make, my make radio programs. And in fact, the only day of the week I have as a spare day is a Monday when my shows, some of my shows are going out. And uh, by Tuesday, I'm already prepping the next week's show, which I've been doing actually this very afternoon before you called me.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. where can people hear these radio shows well, for uh, I
1: I do shows for three different radio stations. Not not as big as the radio stations I used to work for when I was professional. Uh, two of them are online stations, and one yeah. of them, one of them is a local station in Biggleswade in Hertfordshire. Right. Uh, so not Hertfordshire, it's Bedfordshire, of course. Um, and and because back in the days when I used to run Chiltern Radio, uh, yeah. the the uh, um, The area we covered did encapsulate all of the state area that is now covered by this Biggles FM station in Biggles Wade. So a lot of the listeners there did know me of old. So that goes out on a local station, although a lot of my listeners listen online now, as most Mm -hmm. great. Listeners do, but the other two stations are both online stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one being CMR Nashville, which is, actually stands for Country Music Radio Nashville, because I do have a love of American country music, and stop sniggering at the back there. And uh, I also do t- uh, two programs a week for a station that is run by a guy who used to work for me back in the days of Chilton, a fellow by the name of Mark Gale, and he has a station called the Big MG, which is essentially um, a kind of. Well, it's like it's kind of like Capital Gold but better because we have uh, we do a lot of different programs covering lots of different parts of the uh, the eras. And I, I do a program every Sunday for three hours, which is essentially sort of oldies from the 50s through to the 80s, and occasionally dip into the 90s, and even stepped into this millennium on one occasion, and played a more recent record. So that's what I do. And uh, I do them all from my home studio, and uh, I enjoy them very much. And
2: apparently, so do the listeners. Fantastic, and Rick. How are you doing with self-isolation? Presuming you—I mean, what, I mean—presumably, what's happened with your work at the moment? It must be very tough for you as well. Uh,
0: yeah, I think like everybody at the moment, the um, the the work is is difficult to come by because I've got a lot of projects on hold. Mm. Um, as for self-isolation. Well, I work from home anyway. I run Mm -hmm. my business from home, so nothing much there has changed. But in in terms of putting on live events, as you know, Mike, that's pretty much at a full stop. Mm -hmm. Um, Gallery events and uh, and, um, with the book publishers, they're all working from home as well. So Mm. they're talking to each other in terms of um, production meetings. So everything's pretty much on a, a standstill.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 obviously a, a a very very difficult time for pretty much everyone in the world. For the you know, yeah. uh, really for the first time, even 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 the Second World War didn't cover the entire world, and this this current virus does. But we're here to talk about. Tottenham, obviously. Um, I mean, where, where where do you both stand with trying to end this season, Rick? Let's start with you because the the, the last the Premier League said uh, last week was we're now looking at April the thirtieth. We know no way there's going to be any football in April. There'll be no football in May, and I suspect at best at best there could be a green light mid-June. What, what, what What's your feelings? Do you think we should the season should be played out? Or like me, you think it should just become null and void now there's more important things to think about?
0: If we're really honest, I think everybody but Liverpool supporters would be quite happy for it to end now, mm. and Liverpool to have an asterisk after their name <laughs> as champions. Um, I think for Spurs, the season ended a long time ago, um so mm-hmm. what are we going to be mid table this year i mean you know I'll, I'll talk about it more Mike. but i'm not enjoying the match day experience so i'm not really missing it but i mean you say you say mid table i mean if if the
2: season uh, does get back on we'll have sun back we'll have kane back we'll have Sissoko back uh bizarrely, we we've got we'll be in a better shape we were before uh, all this started willie yeah. well
1: yeah I mean I, you asked me what am I feeling the, the thing that I had about it I actually put on a, on a um, uh, I put on a Facebook comment to uh, on a page of uh, uh Jeff Young, who mm-hmm. you know as being a yes. Jazz FM presenter, and also used to be on, the uh, I'm not sure if he still is, but he did, used to participate in the Chelsea podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I i put it on as it means, meaning is a joke, but I was serious about it, I, I think that this, the the this, this season should be null and void, and I have done from the beginning, and um, I added humour to it, saying, well, uh, it will stop those Scousers winning the league, which would be great, uh, it'll also <laughs> stop leagues getting promoted as well, which be mm-hmm. even better but but in, taking all humor out of it uh, I, c- I i honestly don't think this thing is going to end even before september i think mm-hmm. we're going to be we're going to be mm-hmm. shut down for a long time look look how long it's been going on in in china and italy i mean china's just about having some some no more uh deaths and things it's it's this is going to take ages and i can't mm-hmm. see uh the season continuing. i think it just has to draw a line say Tough like Liverpool. If you're that good, you'll win it again next season. If you're not that good, well, that's how the cookie crumbles. And the teams that were going to get relegated will you get another life. The, the difficulty arises about who qualifies for next season's championship, uh, European championships, and uh, you know, in the in the Champions League, etc. Yeah. And I did suggest that it was the same qualifications as this season, which of course would suit Spurs. But
2: you know, there are more clever people than I will work that. Well, way. I mean- if they did null and void the season, that's what would happen. Obviously, from a Premier League point of view, if this season is not complete, there's quite a bit of money they've got to pay back to the TV companies. And talk about Sky TV. I think a lot of people know who've got Sky TV. They've now... Uh, TV, Sky Sports. They've now frozen people's Sky Sports subscription. Yes. Uh, so you're not paying for it. So they're doing as much as they can. But, you know, we know the, the, the money the clubs get. We know the, the, the massive wages players get because of uh, because of uh, TV rights, it's there's, there's, whatever whatever they decide, we know one hundred percent of the clubs and one hundred percent of the fans aren't all, all, aren't all going to agree. We know that. this yeah. you know again, does it become legal? Does something go on in court for ages? But at some stage they've just got to draw a line across this season and go, look, what's the point of ending this season in August September?
0: it, it, it it's it's just crazy. Well, logically, Mike, it, it, it comes down to players' fitness as well, mm. and um, the players will want some kind of break. And even if the Euros had gone on, there still would have been a small break between, you know, those that uh, that had gone out to play international football and the start of the league season you know we we rely on pre-season to get the fitness up jose complains he hasn't had one of those yet mm. and i don't fully understand what they mean when when the the premier league say that they're happy to reconvene and play this into into june because i honestly can't see how that's gonna happen well i mean the other the other thing is obviously um players
2: are are not training at all the training grounds they've been given sort of their own things to do so they're all not let's face it it's completely different training by yourself than training for a team sport with your team so it just it it does to me sort of think end it now give the players the break that so many of them deserve. And then whenever we're ready to start the next season, start the next season. But, you know. Well, Don Ndombele and, and isn't training. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, anyway, we'll see what happens. Now, I mean, even before this happened, uh, Rick, uh, you were one of, probably in fairness, one of very few dissenting voices about the uh, match day experience At the new stadium, most fans, uh, if you look at surveys, seem happy. Most journalists, uh, people who write about the game, seem very, very happy uh, with the new grab. You've got a bit of a bugbear, haven't you, about how things
0: are going. I don't think I'm one of a few. Um, The people that I speak to, there are lots of people who feel like me, who at the moment are enjoying going away from home, more than they do going to home and I think um, that this really started from the way that Spurs decided to dish out the tickets right from the very beginning when we were all in phases. So what happened to a lot of people, my, myself, I was lucky enough to be in phase one, so I had first choice of of the tickets, but a lot of my friends were in fa- phase five, phase six, phase seven, and I had a choice at that point as to whether I waited um, and uh, got my tickets with them or whether I got my ticket and hoped that there would be mm. something next to me. Well, what happened to a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with this, um, was that by the time members of their family, their friends were able to get tickets, all that was left was the higher price tickets. And what that has meant now is we are all stuck in this stadium, separated from each other. I know families that have been split up, friends that have been split up. Um, I certainly have um, uh, a group of seats that are next to me, which um, are only for tourists. They've been bought up like many of the seats around the ground by travel companies, which I didn't think was allowed. Um, um, my my seat is one of the 1,250 seats, uh, um, 50 pound seats over in the East Stand. Um, But the people that sit next to me, I have to say, usually Korean, or at least they were before Song got injured, um, paying £300 a seat Mm -hmm. um, to sit there because it's part of some travel package. Mm -hmm. So um, people have been split up. There are tourists all around the ground. Um, I'm also not having a great time with the staff. Uh, I think what we 've got now is stadium security rather than club stewards they don 't even wear the Tottenham badge um and they have a stadium um security mentality but uh, rick rick the, the
2: club of fairness will say there is no one fair way of doling it out everyone is everyone had their version of do it this way this way there was no every way had its pros and cons, and also you could argue. It's modern football, it's a massive stadium, there's a lot of seats to fill, it's very expensive, like you get down the road at the Emirates and at Chelsea, you get loads of corporate and uh, fans now. That's just the way football is now.
0: Yeah, but in in reality, uh, the friends that you used to sit with, if they were in the later phases, they had to buy the most expensive tickets, and a lot of people got priced out. Um, So a lot of people don't even go anymore. So when you go into an area like the premium area, for example, Mm -hmm. um, you're not allowed to mix. Yes, that I think is is wrong. And and so, you know, if I want to sit with somebody in premium, I I don't want, you know, their view of the game and all the hospitality that they get during the game. But I would like to go and sit with them afterwards. Or see Um, them at halftime or before the game yeah we got sold uh i don't i don't know whether you remember mike but 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 certainly before the stadium was built when they were showing us all these little virtual drawings that they were doing um it seemed that it was going to be luxury for everyone, not just seats and and uh and and um uh, and luxury for premium hospitality h club tunnel club etc um i don't feel I've really got that much more than I had at the old White Hart Lane. I certainly can't sit down anywhere. Um, You can't get to the bar because it's too crowded. Um, It's not a great experience. I can't can't drive there anymore because there's now a three-mile CPZ, so I've got to go all the way into town and all the way out again to get to White Hart Lane. Um, and afterwards I would like to sit in this lovely stadium that we all pay for and be with my friends, but I can't because of the financial apartheid that's put in, in the stadium itself. And well, what
2: about the lower floor? What about the lower floor area? The, 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 the main bit there with
0: the longest bar and the, you can sit in on, Europe, you can sit on the steps, the, yeah, step the seats, yeah, yeah. Not so, much so, 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 you know, we were sold this idea of, oh, this stadium, you can walk around it all and you can get anywhere. And that's the way this stadium's going to be. And the pictures of what we were all going to receive w- was of a nice luxury stadium. My, mm. my, my bit of the stadium is a GA, I think they call it that lovely term for a general admission for anybody who spends less than four grand. Um, is um it, 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 there's there's nothing different except i'm i'm paying more money um to to not sit with my friends um i don't i don't care how many people there are around me i'm i you know i i would much rather have a smaller stadium and trophies to be honest but well, it, what would you do now because we're, we're, i mean personally i i i i like the fact that now
2: people i don't sit with my friends i can now see them at half time i can go level 1 uh level 5 meet them anywhere before the game even at half time which we didn't have at the old white hart lane but moving forward what would you do now because we are we are. Are you going to vote with your feet? Are you just going to give up your season ticket? What, um, what are you going to
0: do? For the first time ever, Mike, I am, and you, you, I've been going since 1968. I've been a season hold, season ticket holder since 1973, um, and for the first time ever, I am really considering giving up my seat and buying a season ticket for Leighton Orient and or watching football like it used to be. Well, and Willie, what, what, Willie, you've been
2: obviously to the new stadium. What's your feelings on it? Well, I'm, I'm just shocked to hear that. I mean, I,
1: I've been, a, I, I'm, because of my condition, I don't go, I cannot go as regularly as I used to mm. uh, uh, because I, basically I don't see that well. And I go primarily for the atmosphere. But mm. I mean, the last game I went to was the home game against Burnley, which was mm. a fantastic the 5 0 win. And uh, and uh, you know, it was a, the finale of the old White Hart Lane. I've been to the new stadium a few times now, and I, th- I find it absolutely fantastic. I, the the uh, I mean, I've got I've I've either go, I always go with someone, so that's who I'm sitting with. Is either mm. my son or a friend, mm. and I've enjoyed that. And on one occasion, I sat with um, sat sat with a, uh, a guy who. Uh, um, I got the ticket through the ticket exchange and he was a friend of a friend anyway so in fact he drove me there in exchange for my blue badge parking uh, permit which got him enabled him to park a lot nearer than he otherwise would have done Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, and my experience has been nothing short of fantastic. The, obviously, the things I do miss are the privileges I had when I was well. Like, you work there, <laughs> and I used to be behind the scenes. Yeah, and I just cool. can't do that and stroll around the players' lounge and the directors' lounge and things like I used to do. But of course, you know that was then. This is now, and I love it when I go there. Uh, but I, I have to say, most of my viewing has to be from an armchair because, um, first I see a lot better on the screen than I can when I'm really there. And uh, I, you know, I, don't, I decided I, I wasn't going to get a season ticket because I, I can't get can't actually get there. Uh, when when we had the the season of, on our behalf at Wembley, uh, from where I live, it was actually dead easy. And I used mm-hmm. to I used to go to Wembley quite a bit. Used to yeah. go, you know, uh, get the bus down to Stanmore Station, get a couple of stops on the tube, and I was there. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's difficult going to Tottenham. But I have I'm, I have I'm- done it public transport, and it's, it's certainly doable.
2: I must say, I know enough people uh, around me, I mean, the people that I, there were strangers, when I got there, they, they seem they're there most games, I say hello, we're talking about the game, but I, I, I like the fact that I can go much before the game now, Go and seek out, meet people. I'll meet you in this bar, that bar. Um, what, what I think is far more disappointing at the moment is what we're seeing on the pitch, more than what's going on around the stadium. What we're seeing uh, on the pitch this season has generally been pretty awful. And I'm personally, I'm far more concerned about uh, more investment on the pitch than changing how you get your season ticket. Well, I think
0: there's a connection, Mike. Um, I mean, if you look at Liverpool... Um, they just uh, made their stadium better, but spent the money uh, on the team, and you can mm. see the benefits of, of that. We have let our what was a really really good team um, uh, age without really adding to it in terms of um, in in you know we we didn't replace Carl Walker uh, we yeah <laughs> you know yeah and we we just. We just really haven't done anything to the team. And it's because, in my opinion, mm-hmm. Daniel Levy wanted an events arena. He didn't want to build up the club. He wanted a legacy of the best tourist attraction in London. That and, nonsense. and that's what we've got. We've, we've got a tourist attraction. We've got an events arena. But the club... To, in my way of thinking doesn't have a home and no money has been spent on the team and I, we're seeing that on the pitch.
2: I, uh, agree with, I agree with what you say about investment on the pitch but I disagree about it just being an events arena. There's obviously so much of the old ground physically built into the new stadium all, all the pictures around it uh, the museum that were open I, I, I wouldn't go as far I know what you're saying that they've made it a multi functional uh, stadium for other sports and events but I think that's that's being clever. You look at West Ham, and let's face it, we nearly ended up at West Ham, who are renting uh, a stadium. They have big problems now if this season does extend because the owners of the stadium have other events in there. And and they are tenants. And I think us building what we built where we've always effectively been was, 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 was the right move. What, what do you feel about it, Willie?
1: Well yeah I don't I cannot think I've been trying to think while well, rick has been talking I cannot think of another new stadium was built that's actually been on the site of the old uh, stadium mm-hmm. I think it was a brilliant piece of engineering and I mean the thing is when I went there having not been to White Hart Lane for a long time and everything looked virtually the same except Paxton Road had disappeared but other than that it, you know, it was, it was exactly the same walking down from White Hart Lane Station the overground station uh, into the main road and crossing the same crossing I've crossed up for years it was, it was fantastic to be back and, uh, I, and I think it's a, it's a brilliant piece of engineering, and I, and I know there's an awful lot of people, particularly on the, uh, Spurs, uh, the, the Spurs Show Live Facebook page, who are very anti-Daniel Levy. I think I've said on the programme before, on the podcast, uh, I've worked under a lot of chairmen there. I've never met Daniel Levy. He appeared after I'd departed. But mm-hmm. um, with... with He's the best chairman that I've had in my lifetime. And I'm going back to sort of Fred Beerman and... Sydney Whale well, and people like that. Uh, and uh, Irving Scott uh, was a personal friend of mine, but uh, I don't. Think, I think by a common consensus, uh, he wasn't the greatest of chairman, the way things turned out. But uh, Daniel Levy has been absolutely brilliant. And the thing was, the club was never going to go anywhere. It, on the count, count of gate, it was getting a 30-odd thousand. It needed to get a much bigger stadium, and the fact that if you're going to build a new stadium, then you make it multi-purpose and you make it uh, to generate income when Spurs aren't playing at home. And that's exactly what they're doing with
0: for Lady Gaga or American football or whatever else. Let's hope she can play up front. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we might yeah, maybe no, Guns let- N' Roses on the wing. Yeah, uh, Exactly. Listen, I've got absolutely no problem with the architecture. I think it's a fantastic piece of architecture. I just think putting a fantastic piece of architecture in the same place where our home used to be doesn't make it a new home. And for me and for lots of people that I speak to, a lot of people who come on to, to my um, social media pages who I don't even know, they're saying, I feel exactly the same way. And, you know, I'm talking about some of the people who come on your show, Mike. I'm not going to speak yeah. for them, but uh, but I know that there are people that come on your show and they hate it they absolutely the, the hate the the whole match day experience they find the, the the staff complete jobsworths um they are they are stadium security they are not club stewards we used to have forget the stadium from minute, forget the architecture We used to have uh, a real uh, rapport with the stewards who used to wear the Spurs badge and not the stadium badge, by the way. We used to have a real rapport with them. They got to know us. We not got to know them. They used common sense. What you have got now... Is uh, the uh, jobs with is the only word that I I can use? And whether they're the ones in the blazers in premium, or whether they're the, the 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 ones that are searching you as you go in, or the ones that you come across when you go in, they have apps. They they couldn't care whether they were at the Spurs Stadium, the O two, the Wembley Arena. You, they're different people every time. They're what what is missing with this is the, um, the friendship that they used to be, the, the camaraderie between staff and fans. And I don't care whether you've got 30,000 people or 60,000 people, there is no reason for that not to be there. I guarantee to you it's at Liverpool, and Liverpool have um, not only a successful team at the moment, they've probably got, what, 10,000 people less than us in their stadium. And and I'm sure that they still have the friendships, they still have the camaraderie, people are still sitting together and their match day experience hasn't changed. So who would you rather be right now? I don't care we've got the greatest piece of architecture. If I want to go and see a tourist attraction, I go and see a tourist attraction. I go to Spurs because I wanted to support my football team and I don't feel I can do that with any enjoyment anymore. I have well, to totally disagree
1: with you. Really, totally have to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a tremendous stadium. Uh, I, I I love the experience. Okay, I'm slightly privileged, and in, in as much as some people actually recognise me, which I'm surprised about, and so they make me welcome. No um, one forget you. <laughs> really. No one can get you. But also, I mean, I, I do carry a white stick, uh, and so people go out of their way to notice that I'm disabled in that fashion, and they really am terribly helpful and I think the staff have been trained to be very helpful, certainly to disabled people so I'll speak on behalf of the rest of them, people far more disabled than me I can walk, uh, not long distances not very fast but I can walk, there are people in a much worse condition than me
2: and they get looked after terribly well. Well let's let's move on, I think, you know the, the, uh, we are a broad church, we have lots of views, it'll be interesting to hear your views on the Spurs show, Facebook page and on Twitter about this debate uh, let's go to a quick break and when we come back we'll, we'll sort of briefly discuss uh, uh, what we should be doing, although it's not actually the close season yet, it kind of feels like the close season, and what we should be doing on the pitch back after this very short break. I'm Josh Schneider Weiler, and I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down, but sometimes. Don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football, and hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct... Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF.
2: And we're back for that very short break Um, Interesting there One of the ads you probably heard Was the Football Football Today podcast Uh, Highly recommend going to listen to it Uh, Some quite weighty football subjects And really good episodes about Tottenham Check it out Uh, Next week was going to be our Next Spurs show season ticket live event uh, Which obviously we've had to uh, cancel However we will have Norman Giller uh still with this uh over um Uh, although not physically next to us. Uh, So next week's show with Norman Giller and Danny Fenton, we look at Norman's new book, Shooting Stars, sorry, Shooting Spurs, looking at the 17 players who've scored over 100 goals for Spurs. And our next event, Steve, Sedgley, at the moment, is still going ahead April the 28th, but that obviously may change. For additional Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs news show, uh, interviews with ex-players and much more, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Try it for a month and support the show. And on the Spurs Fix version, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Willie Morgan's got a wonderful series about Spurs and all their famous uh, music releases, Spurs on Record, and we're releasing this week uh, part three of Pete Haynes' wonderful secret Spurs history uh, going out this Friday. Uh, also, we're trying to give you as much new content as we can, as most of you are obviously sitting at home. Uh, we will be uh, re-releasing, people on Patreon would have heard this, we interviewed Don McAllister uh, last year. We'll be releasing that show, one of them to Don McAllister, uh, on Saturday. And also this week, we're interviewing Gary Mabbit, uh, and we'll be releasing that one soon. Uh, the one bit of sort of, uh, Jenna, one bit of sort of, news that's come out about the club was the news that john mcdermott the academy director and head of development has left the club after 15 years to work for gareth southgate at the fa uh willie what do you think his legacy has been do you think we can look back and go that was he was he was wonderful he's got and whoever comes in has uh, big shoes to fill
1: I think whoever replaces him does have big shoes to fill. He, he's done a very good job since he's been there. I mean, we've had some interesting uh, managers uh, or coaches of the younger team, not least of which was Tim Sherwood back in the day. But we've had some players come through. Not least, you know, we've had two full internationals um, in, in Harry Wingson and and, um, and Harry Kane. And I, if I do believe Ryan Mason came through as well. And he had yeah. an England cap as well. You shouldn't yes. overlook that. The lovely fellow that is Ryan is. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, I I think he leaves a, a very decent legacy, and uh, everyone at the club has wished him well. And I go along back,
2: backing that as well. Hope we get somebody half as good to come in, if not as good. What do you think? I mean, um, I mean, I didn't know him. I I I, I have been to the training ground, uh, but uh, I think he's obviously gone to a, a very interesting job working at the FA. I, I, I I'm hoping there's no other reason why he's gone. Uh, what do you think about his the work he did there?
0: I think the Academy has been one of the plus points for Spurs over many years. Um, and I think that we have brought some fantastic players through. Um, and I'd like to think that that will carry on under, under someone else. As to the reason that he's gone, um, we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors. But um, if he's got a better job at the FA and he's getting paid more money, then you can understand that he might want a fresh challenge.
2: Fair enough. The other bits of news that are coming out, um, obviously there's a lot of rubbish written at the moment because there's no football to talk about. But uh, it does seem that the club are using this time to uh, have contract talks with certain players. Jaffa Tanganga is one I know we're talking to. Eric Dyer is another one. And if you believe uh, newspaper reports, uh, Dyer is looking to stay at the club but wants to have insurances that uh, his favourite position the centre-back, he will be picked there more than in midfield. Personally, I think, especially in recent games as well, I personally think he's actually better now as a centre back. I don't think he's mobile enough in that middle of the park. Him and Winks together oh, and Dumbelli hasn't quite worked. What do you think about that, Willie? Where do you think is his best position? Well,
1: I, I know I go against the grain to a lot of people I, I watch games with because I, I, I watch a lot of the BT Sport games at a local hotel and not many people there are fans of Eric Dyer. I've always been a fan of Eric Dyer and uh, I'd like him to stay and I think he is better at uh, centre-back, centre as it were. Mm-hmm. But I also think that having the versatility to be what we used to call a utility player is no mm-hmm. bad thing. When you ha- have a lot of injuries like we've had recently, people like that are that worth their weight in gold because, you know, you have positions to fill. And he's able to do it, to, maybe not as well as a, a seasoned central midfielder, but he can certainly do a job. Uh, Rick, what do you think?
0: Um, I think Eric Dyer is, uh, has really improved since they put him at centre back. I think the the sad part of all of this is how slow Vertonghen and Out mm. have got after many years of being such a fantastic partnership. They've they've really been allowed to um, to get on in years. It's um, Sanchez always looks like a mistake waiting to happen, and Foyth seems to be non-existent now. Yeah. So um so Dyer has has taken that place. He looks the best of what at the moment is a bad bunch. And uh yeah, I think um I I think he's he's probably a good stopgap. I think the worry there is that we no longer have um a defensive midfield player because um I wouldn't say that Harry Winks was, was that and the players that we did have were Eric Dyer and Wanyama, who obviously has now gone. And and again, it's a a position we don't seem to have replaced.
2: No, I I agree with you. I mean, I'm thinking, again, it's weird. It it so feels like the end of the season. And we know it's technically not the end of the season. But whenever that does come, personally, I I would like the club to look at bringing in uh, a new goalkeeper, two new full-backs, uh, a new centre-back, a defensive midfielder and a center forward and i know if we don't get into the champions league i know that Munio won't be given the kind of money we need to go and get top players in is uh, uh willie what, what sort of players would you like to see coming in uh, i i think i
1: think a goalkeeper certainly yeah. uh, i you know Larice is still one of the best goalkeepers in the world as his medals prove but you know there comes a time as we as we're seeing with Jan Tung and uh, and uh, Toby Alderweireld, So I think a new goalkeeper um, and a, a defensive midfielder, certainly. I, th- I think from there onwards, um, if, there w- if the money isn't available, for example, if we're not in the Champions League, then we, we could probably get by with most of what we've got. But it'd be good to see Sissoko back. I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that after the way well, he started. But anyway, he yes. could change as far as he's concerned. But, I mean, if the new season, um, if, if if we have to wait to a new season in in whenever it's going to be August, September, October, I know by then I'm going to end up looking like Chris Jones because I can't even go for a haircut <laughs> at the moment. None of us can, I know.
2: Jordan,
1: is it? We're all going to be back to the 70s, isn't it? Yeah, all of home haircuts. Yeah. Uh, I... I, 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 I who knows how, how things are going to unfold. But, uh, we do need a change of personnel. But I'm, I'm not a believer in, uh, as Daniel says, not a believer in by spending money to, to achieve success. That, isn't the, that doesn't necessarily work. It sometimes works, and it has for other clubs at different times. But it's also failed for other clubs at different times. So I wouldn't be so sure that that is the answer. And this whole thing about, oh, he's got the money he's got to spend. Joe Lewis has got the money to spend. Get
2: real. That, that, the world isn't like that. Mm. Rick, what, what, what kind of positions
0: would you like to see improved upon? Well, to be honest, I, I think that one of the reasons that Pochettino lost interest was because we weren't in a position where we were feeding new players in, into the club and feeding old players out, and we've let everybody go stale. So it's mm. now got to the point where, if I'm really honest... Harry Kane and Hyung Min son would probably be the only two players I would be sad to see go mm-hmm. um, every Everybody else is 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 replaceable, but we, you know that that 's not going to happen. I think it 's more important we hang on to to Kane and to uh, and to son mm-hmm. and um, and and try and bring in. A few players uh, around them because it's clear that the squad that we've got just isn't up to the job. You'll be able to get rid of a few of them and replace them. But a lot of them are still going to stay. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, I reeled off
2: uh, six players I think we need, uh, which is obviously effectively half a team um and you know whether this is done or not you know normally in pre-season you bring two maybe three and maybe they're looking at doing that then another one or two in the next january window but certainly a pretty major rebuild i think is needed for us to be get anywhere close to challenging for a title again and even to again push for top four that if this season plays out I don't think we'll get Um, there must be a worry though Willie to hold on to someone like Harry Kane now isn't there well, oh, yeah, there's all this speculation,
1: but unless you read all the, those rags, be it newspapers or websites, mm. uh, I just don't go along with it. I, I think as a character himself, I don't think he really wants to move. I think there were times when players did want to move, but I don't think he's one of them. He's he's. A, uh, I may be deluding myself, but I don't think he would choose to. And I, I, I think there's others like that who, who don't particularly want to move. Uh, I, I, uh, for a long time, I didn't think Danny Rose really wanted to move, but he was his hand was forced. and, and as for uh, Eric Dive, he does sign a new contract. I, th- I think I think he'll be staying, and I'd, he'll be wanting to stay. And, uh, you know, he comes from a great family. You know his grandfather was Ted Croker, who was That's the right. the FA for many years. That's and right. I, if Harry Kane wa- wasn't around at Spurs or he's out injured, like, he's the next obvious candidate for being the club captain. And I think in due course he will be a club mm-hmm. captain. And I think he'll go on in later years to become an administrator in football. I really do.
2: Yeah, well, you know, the next... Uh well, who knows, couple of months, few months, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, thank you so much, Willie and Rick, for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, Can I just go, go- can I just get in one last thing about of running, yeah,
1: running the adverts you do during the podcast? I, I listened to the adverts, and I had a new shave this morning with my new Harry's razor blade. So I changed blades, and I, if you could only see me now, I've got a thank face you. smooth as a baby's bum.
2: Very much. <laughs> the other razor blades it, really, we right. appreciate that, exactly, but thank you very much for supporting us and the show by uh, going yet and getting in Harry's razors. Thank you very much. Rick and Winnie, uh, I wish you uh, well. Stay safe stay healthy and also to everyone else out there as well please stay at home don't go out let's uh, try and beat this 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 awful current virus this situation together and uh, rest assured we'll be here to keep bringing you spurs content until the next time come on you spurs this is a playback media production get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net